Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the bunker. Folks, I want to start off by saying that when, at the time of this recording, the January 6th primetime hearing has not happened yet. But, um, folks, I want to alert you to a couple of stories that are not making the kind of press that I think that they should. Uh, particularly as the January 6th committee will wrap. And and honestly, we really don't know if this is actually this eighth hearing is a wrap or it is a wrap for right now. Because what we have seen is that over the course of the last eight hearings, more information comes out, uh, more people come forward, more testimony is given, and then boom, another public hearing. Uh, we do know that the that the committee is up against the clock, uh, given that if midterm elections go in the direction of Republicans, we know that this committee's work will be done um, and this committee will be disbanded and Republicans will proceed with a whole bunch of bullshit um, that probably looks like Benghazi on crack. Um, so I want to bring to your attention a story that I found um to be really troubling at science.org. And it is this. The title of the Science Insider story is Half of Americans Anticipate a U.S. Civil War Soon. Half of those that were surveyed. And I, I want to bring you, I'm going to read the first couple of paragraphs because I think that one, this is really fucking alarming, but it's also what we have been talking about on this show for quite some time. And particularly if you were listening back to me, you know, four years ago, um, four or five years ago, when Donald Trump first became president of the United States, I said that everything in the United States was going to get bloodier before it got better. 
Um, lo and behold, I had no idea at the time that I was saying this, that we would see an insurrection, that we would see a rise in violence across this country, that we would have a pandemic and there would be a rise in gun sales, um, that, uh, racial resentment, uh, and racism would go through the roof, that all of these things would happen. I thought, you know, that things would get really bad, but all of these things that just the number of things that have happened over the last five years in any one year would be historic. We've experienced more quote unquote history in this short time period than I think any other generation has in this country. And so we shouldn't, when we see articles like the one I'm about to delve into, just shrug and say, oh, well, that's hyperbolic. No, it's not. And we've all experienced what happens when we ignore things the first fucking time around. Um, So here it is. Violence can be seen to be everywhere in the United States, and political violence is in the spotlight, with January 6, 2021, its insurrection as Exhibit A. Now, a large study confirms one in five Americans, one in five Americans, believes violence motivated by political reason is, at least, sometimes justified. Nearly half expect a civil war, and many say they would trade democracy for a strong leader. A preprint posted, found. Um, This is not a study that's meant to shock, says Rachel Kleinfeld, a political violence expert at the Carnegie Endowment for Interracial Peace, who was not involved in the research, but it should be shocking. Firearm deaths in the United States grew by nearly 43% between 2010 and 2020, and gun sales surged during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Garen Rittenmute, an emergency medicine physician and longtime gun violence researcher at the University of California, Davis, wondered what those trends pretend to civil unrest. Quote, sometimes being an ER doc is like being in the bowman on the Titanic, going look at that iceberg. He and his colleagues surveyed more than 8,600 adults in English and Spanish about their views on democracy in the United States, racial attitudes in the U.S. society, and their own attitudes towards political violence. The respondents were part of the uh, Ipsos Knowledge Panel, an online research panel that has been used widely, including by Wittenmute, for research on violence and firearm ownership. Although almost all respondents uh, thought it's important, right, it's important for the United States to remain a democracy, 40% said having a strong leader is more important. Half expect a civil war in the United States in the next few years. The fact that this is, quote, the fact that basically half the country is expecting a civil war is just chilling, Wittenmute says, and many expect to take part. If found in a situation where they think violence is justified to advance an important political objective, about one in five respondents think they will likely be armed with a gun. About 7% of participants, which would correspond to about 18 million U.S. adults, said they would be willing to kill a person in such situation. Folks, what in the entire fuck? Okay, it is one thing to read the writing on the wall. It's one thing to 
you know, rewatch throughout all of these hearings, how violent the insurrectionists were, how they were armed with knives and, and brass knuckles and guns and zip ties and just preparing, right? As was stated by Jason Hottentaub from a former Proud Boy at um, the seventh hearing, that they were preparing for this insurrection to be the spark of a revolutionary war, to be the spark of a civil war. And they were prepared as such. And so it should be alarming that this study that is done finds that 40% of the country, 40% of those surveyed, not 40% of the country, let me say this again, 40% of those surveyed said that having, quote, a strong leader is more important than democracy. Now, here in the United States, we don't know any, anything other than the flawed democratic system that we have. If you have visited other countries that are under communism, that are under a monarch, that are under um, varied forms of government, and you actually talk to those people, they would tell you, um, how vastly different it is to live in a country where you no longer have a voice, an opinion, where you no longer are protected in the actions that you take against your government. And I'm not talking about an armed fucking insurrection. I'm talking about peaceful protest, the right to assemble. To think of people saying that they would rather have a, quote, strong leader than democracy is chilling, but pretty much coincides with what we have seen over the past five years with the destruction of our democracy by the Republican Party, the rise of Trump and Trumpism, and the belief that he alone can fix it, right? But what these people, I believe, don't really get, because of course we don't teach civics in any real understanding, I don't think that they really understand fundamentally what it means to take away democracy and put in place one person that gets to make a decision, right? And what happens uh, to the country, what happens to agencies, what happens to those social safety nets, what happens to your ability, let's just say you lose your job, as many did during the pandemic, to get uh, unemployment. Again, these are products of what it means to function inside of a democracy, uh, where the government is set up to help the people, not help themselves. And what we know to be true by virtue of the patterns of dictatorships and authoritarian regimes and fascism around the globe is that it never actually ends well, right? But that these people rise into power at a time when there is such chaos on the ground that people are just looking for anything that will relieve their pain. Well, let's look at the plans that Republicans have had in place, right, in order to sow unease, in order to sow upheaval of our political norms so that they can create the conditions and the climate that would have a Donald Trump, a Ron DeSantis type come in as said, quote unquote, president. But what we know to be true is that these people are organizing in plain sight. They have been continuing along with their coup um, after their foot soldiers have been picked up by the Department of Justice, but that they have no qualms about going back to, right, the roots of violence in order to get their job done. So what should be alarming is that when you look at 
Republican obstructionism, when you look at what the Supreme Court has done with regard to a state's ability to create its own gun laws, when you look about the erosion of reproductive rights and the ability to have an abortion, when you look at stories, which I will cover one, uh, another one, which is a Walgreens worker uh, in Wisconsin said that he would not sell a customer condoms because it was against his religious practice. I do not understand how people understand that a democracy, when we talk about freedom of religion, is not the freedom to weaponize your religion against other people who do not subscribe to the religion that you have. It means that you can, in fact, do worship however you see fit and however you would like your family to see fit. But that does not mean right? That you get to turn around and weaponize that uh, that religion against other people. Similarly so with the understanding of white supremacy and patriarchy in this country and how it has been weaponized against people of color, against black people in particular, against non-Christians in particular, as a way to safeguard white people from any course correction, from any responsibility and accountability, so long as you continue to villainize, criminalize, and oppress those that don't look like you, pray like you, love like you, so on and so forth. So as the the country in so many ways is dealing with a rising cases of violence, I think that one of the things that was also said here is this, quote, The findings are scary, but not surprising. Kurt Braddock, who studies the psychology of extremist communication at American University, wrote to an email in Science. In recent years, he says, the United States has seen an increase in individual willingness to engage in violence. Homicides in cities increased 44%. 44% between 2019 and 2021. For instance, an attitude, he says, is likely to spill into the political sphere. Well, why has violence increased? It isn't because people have become more violent. It is because our resources have become more limited, right? You're talking about inner cities where every single day we're hearing about inflation. Every single day we're hearing about the housing crisis and the renters crisis, right? Where people are literally being put out of their homes and onto the street because they can no longer afford to live because their paychecks, if they still in fact have a job, are not going as far as they used to, but the increases in mortgages and rents continue to happen. And yet, You have the same needs that you did, but the resources that you have no longer stretch that far. And if we are continuing to, in this country, provide, let's say, what the Biden administration did this week with their quote unquote law and safety plan, which is once again award $37 billion to law enforcement to add 100,000 new cops on the street. Well, as far as I know, cops don't help put food on the fucking table. That money, which Joe Biden is always hell-bent on, fund the police, fund the police. The police don't prevent crime. And they don't help support any of the ways in which people in this country are suffering from mental health and emotional instability because of the compounded crises that we are in. So if you're not going to get to the heart of the problem, but then you're going to continue to throw money after the bad people who cause more problems than they actually solve, like how do you think that we are going to get anywhere other than the place that we are headed, which is no good, right? Which is rising anxiety, depression, stress, joblessness, or inflation, right? Increased prices, 
homelessness, drug use, all of these things are on the rise. But we find that the most important thing to do is throw more money, throw good money after bad as it pertains to law enforcement. Right? So, you know, in this report, basically what it's saying is that there's a reason for our nervousness. There's a reason that we are so at, uh, we're, that we're so uneasy, right? And it's the fact that things continue to get worse. No one seems to be making a plan for how they get better. And they continue to fund the same shit that actually causes more pain than it takes away. So how do we envision that we're not headed to some type of really horrific war, which by the way, I think will most likely coincide with the next presidential election, right? So if Republicans take back the House and the Senate, take back Congress, launch their bullshit, which they will do, then uh, we head into an unprotected uh, presidential election that we know will be rigged. We know what the states are already planning and who have organized. How do we not think that violence is going to ensue? And if in that entire time we have a Department of Justice that continues to look away from white supremacist extremist violence, that continues to not do anything in terms of holding the people, the architects, including Donald Trump, responsible, right, for the insurrection, then we continue to get more of the same and more of the same of this kind of same is not going to be able to be stomached by the people of this country. So we should all be concerned. Lastly, I want to bring your attention to uh, this story. And this comes, uh, I will read a few lines from our friend Danielle Campamore, who we have on this show to talk about uh, abortion. This is what Danielle wrote uh, at today.com. Uh, and the article is, a drugstore worker refused to sell his partner condoms. Now he's, six, now he's scheduled uh, a vasectomy. Here it is. After a clerk at a national chain refused to sell a couple condoms because of religious conviction, the man scheduled a vasectomy. Nate Pence, who lives in Minnesota, was shopping at a Walgreens in Haywood, Wisconsin, with his partner, Jess. As Jess was checking out, Pence says the cashier refused to sell her condoms. We went to Hayward to get some groceries at a stop at Walgreens because we had just left Jess's birth control at home. As Jess was checking out, cashier John told her he couldn't sell her condoms. Um, because it goes against my faith. In another tweet, Pence said that his partner told the clerk for her desire to purchase condoms was none of his business. Uh, I can get a manager here. Do you want me to finish checking these things? Um, not from you. So Pence also shared a screenshot of a complaint his partner made to the store after they were prompted to describe their recent experience. In a statement to NBC News, a Walgreens spokesperson said that the company's policies are designed to ensure we meet the needs of our patients and customers while respecting the religious and, and moral beliefs of our team members. The instances are rare, however, when a team member has a moral or religious conviction about completing a transaction, they are required to refer the customer to another employee or manager on duty who will complete the transaction, which is, which is what occurred in this statement. This is absolute bullshit and mayhem, right? And this is all coming on the heels of the reversal of Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs decision that came down from the Supreme Court, the desire that for Republicans who voted against the codification of birth control um, into law, right, to make sure that you don't have shit like this happen, because this isn't, again, about abortion. It is about control. 
because not selling condoms goes against your religious beliefs, then you shouldn't be working at a fucking place that sells them. How about that? Right. Because the place also, you know, sells a whole host of things like beer and this, that, and the other thing you don't get as an employee to cherry pick what it is that you do. If you have that kind of religious conviction, then go work at a fucking church. Right. Like this, this is the shit that really begins to grade on my nerves uh, and all of our nerves when we're like, you again have the right to practice whatever religion it is that you want, but you do not have the right to force the rest of us to abide by your religious principles. That is not what it means to have religious freedom. But this country, along with many other rights, are just flying out the window. So who knows what will be a couple of months from now. Coming up next, friends, I'm very excited. Uh, to welcome to Woke AF for the first time, uh, W. Kamau Bell, who is the author of a new book, uh, workbook, uh, anti-racist uh, activity book called Do the Work, um, along with Kate Schatz. And we get into a discussion of what it means um, to really be an anti-racist. And for those people who say that they want to do something, here is the something that you can do. That conversation is coming up next. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slice Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the GabFest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political GabFest. New episodes every Thursday. Folks, I am very excited to welcome to Woke AF Daily for the very first time, W. Kamau Bell, who you all know as a comedian, as a straight shooter on CNN, Emmy Award winning show, and the new author of Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book, along with Kate Schatz. Um, Kamau, I want to understand from your vantage point why you think that um, now... Uh, other than the fact that the world is collapsing, our democracy is dying and white supremacy is at an all time high and black people get murdered in the street on a regular basis. Why is now the right time for this book? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to quote somebody I heard who say democracy is dying and white supremacy is at an all time high. <laughs> I'm going to quote a very wise person named Danielle who told who said that. So, you know, this book was written to we started writing this book two years ago in the middle of uh 
of after George Floyd was murdered and there was all and Breonna Taylor by the police and and there was racial reckonings in the streets and protests. And the publisher was like, I wish we could release it now. And it was like, don't worry, racism will still be here when we're ready to release it. And we didn't know January 6th was coming. We didn't know that Donald Trump was going to say the election was stolen was coming. We didn't know all, that we would still be dealing with COVID misinformation and news misinformation. So it's it's always a time to combat racism in America. You know, I well, I love the book because one, um, I am a person of a certain generation who loved highlights, um, as mm. I heard you mention in mm-hmm. uh, in another interview that you did. Um, and you say it's it's said expressly in the book that you know this is for white people. And mm-hmm. so I want to ask you, you know, as somebody, and by the way, I'll tell you that when your show first aired uh, on CNN, I was actually quite concerned for you traveling around the country. Um, so you, I, you and my wife both, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I was I was concerned about you traveling around the country and wondering, oh my God, I hope that he's safe. I hope they have security. I hope he'll be well. Mm-hmm. When you say that this book is, you know, is is for white people and obviously anybody else that wants to read it. How do you anticipate getting white people who continue to say, what can I do and what should I do to actually, you know, use this as, as, as a guide? Well, here's the thing. It's like I, I always compare this to like working out or exercising. If you walk into the gym and you get a smoothie and you go sit in the hot tub and you go into the workout room and you look around and see all the machines are taken and you go home. Yes, you went to the gym, but you did not indeed work out. And so we all know when we're bull, when we're BSing ourselves about doing the work. And so a lot of white folks, when they say, what can I do? We're going to hand you a book that tells you exactly what you can do. And we're going to lead you through it. And the book was co-written by my uh, Kate Schatz. And so a white woman who speaks white people very fluently. And so we're going to lead you through this step by step. And we're going to and we're going to make it fun, we, which it shouldn't necessarily have to be fun, but we're going to make it fun. We've hired f- over 15 different black, indigenous, Latinx, Asian-American artists of color to make these things. And, and we're going to have all sorts of different fun ways to do this so that it will be more irresistible, as we say, the revolution should be to do this. And we're also going to list things you can do in your neighborhood, in your community to get the work done. If at that point you don't want to do it then you're really saying, I don't want to do the work. I want to live in a white supremacist society. And else also, we're not the only book that has ever tried to get people to do this work. There's many different amazing anti-racist books. We just felt like there's a way in which this is not being handled and we want to help contribute to this discussion. You know, through work on this book over the last two years and then work on your show on CNN, what are some of the most surprising things that have come up for you with regard to dealing with varied opinions of of white people, some who are alarmingly racist uh, and mm-hmm. outwardly so, and then others that are actually are also racist but think that they are progressive or think you know um, that they don't have a quote racist bone in their body. Um, <laughs> what what has what has come up for for you over the past several years? When I hear people say they don't have a racist bone in their body, I'm like, oh, you must be boneless then. <laughs> so, like, uh, so the idea being that this, we still live in a country that thought that the res- that the a good response to uh, George Floyd's murder by the police and Breonna Taylor's uh, killing by police was was making Juneteenth a federal holiday. Like that was the thing we were asking for. That oh, that's you just want another another day off work. 
And I, we still live in a country that not only that, this year, all these things went around where people were sending out like flyers for Juneteenth celebrations that had nothing but white people on it. Or people were saying, for Juneteenth, we're going to have a uh, watermelon... <laughs> You know, ice cream, the, the, watermelon water, ice, yeah. the watermelon ice cream gets yeah, you your that, freedom. Like, yeah. yeah, major corporations, you know, Walmart is making Juneteenth ice cream or whatever, or selling Juneteenth ice cream. The idea being that, like, people are still very confused about what the work is. And so for us, it's like, this is no different than when you bought your Peloton and it said, all right, today's day one. And then, and it's going to tell you, you've been doing it this many weeks in a row, which means you're actually do, getting a benefit from this. You need to put this in your Google calendar. You need to put this in your spreadsheet. However you do your work generally in every other aspect of your life, you need to put this on your post-it notes, on your to-do list. The book has to-do lists. You need to know who your local representatives are and when they're running for re-election. You need to know what side of the issues they're on. You need to do this. As, it needs to be embedded as a part of your life the same way the other things that are really important to you are embedded in, in your life. You know, one of the things that I think is also really interesting about the timing of your book, too, is that it comes, you know, during a political climate when you have Republicans in red states, for instance, that are working overtime to erase any um, vision, story, narrative outside of a white, cis, hetero, quote unquote, Christian male lens. And, you know, I, I, I wonder you know, do you believe that it is through through education that we can bridge this gap, that it is through like active understanding? You know, one of the things that I liked a lot was when you just start off in the beginning and it's like you're on you're we're all living on stolen land. So let's you know, mm -hmm, let's mm -hmm, let, let's mm -hmm. start. Let's start with the with the basics. Do you mm -hmm. think that education and obviously what we're seeing is the desire to gas to continue to gaslight white America into believing that they are exceptional um, is the key to kind of to moving us past the place that we're in? Education is a part of the key. I think education is a part of the because, uh, you know. If you learn, if you have the facts, but you don't do anything with the information, then it's not actually as helpful as as you know. It's you're basically still in an uneducated place. The education is supposed to get you to knowledge. So, for example, if you uh, at some point with a kid or you will touch fire or something hot and go, okay, I shouldn't touch that anymore because that's hot. Well, in America, we have the situation where we are alert, constantly learning, but it's not changing our behavior. So we're still touching the hot fire, or we're still watching other people touch the hot fire, and the idea being that like. So education is a part of it, but it's the very it's one of the very basic parts of it. Once you have the knowledge, what are you going to do? So even in our land acknowledgement section, just because you know you're on native land, that doesn't mean you've connected with the native communities in your area. That doesn't mean you you know their history just because you know the name of the native land. I'm in Oakland. I'm on on a loading territory. That doesn't mean that I'm in constant conversation or in constant community with them. And so that that's why the book is important. It's about action. It's about like now that you know this, what do you do next? You know, I I am part of, I guess, probably a cadre of Black folks who have worked across movements and, you know, activism and in politics who are exhausted by, mm -hmm. you know, by, quote unquote, teaching white people to be better uh, than they show themselves to be. And there is a part of being Black in this country where we're all, you know, at some stage in our life, some type of ambassador for Blackness. Right. So mm -hmm. what do you what do you say? You know, I'm certain that people have probably said to you, 
you know, come out, like, just let them be. <laughs> why, you know, why don't you go rest? Why don't you yes. go do something, you know, other yes. than being, you know, the emotional type of Sherpa for white yeah. supremacy? So what do, yes. you, yeah. what do you say to that? Well, I would say this. This is this is something I've chosen to be my job. So I understand that this is that this is the position I'm in. I'm I'm one of my professional jobs is to be a lot of white people's only black friend. So I understand that. That's the job. And I would say, therefore, use me as that resource, not that black lady at work who's just trying to get through her day. I mean, this book, in large part, I think certainly I think black people would get something out of it. Even if you are an activist, there are things in here you don't know or things you might be inspired to do or things that you might find funny and you can share that with other people. But it's also convenient as a helpful link to share with your white coworkers when they go, but I don't understand why black people are blah, 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 blah. Here, read this book, do this work. Then once you do that, maybe you can come back to me and have a more informed conversation. So I would say black folks, I'm not saying you need to buy this book for those people, but you can at least send them the link to, so that they can buy this book. Or you can or you can go to your job and go, look, I'm tired of having these conversations with all these white people around here. Why don't my why don't you at my why doesn't my job buy these books and have all these people do this work so I can at least just live my life? Yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, I, I, I do find in so many different places that people have worked or I've worked throughout my life where that has always been the de facto, right? Like, oh, you're said black person in this space. So you will be the one that is my liaison to all things black and having to say, Mm -hmm. I am one, but one black person. I am not the representative, right? For, for black nation. Like this is not how this works. Um, I was not the elected. Yeah. I mean, I think about it. Think how many times black people have had to go to work and explain Kanye West to white people. I don't even want to explain. I don't want to explain Kanye West. And exactly. But, but we've had to, because yes. Kanye West did something, <laughs> we had to go to work the next day and have a press conference about what we thought about what Kanye West said, did, tweeted, didn't tweet, deleted, Instagrammed, because people go, what was that? What do you think Kanye, he's running for, pr- uh, yeah. We so we are regularly in the position of having to be the spokesperson for our people and not get paid for it. Like our jobs don't give us an extra 10% bonus just for being black at work. Oh, God, that is something that I could get behind and campaign Mm -hmm, for. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do you, by virtue, you know, you have selected this as your path to be this kind of guide to explore in so many ways, you know, to get people to be better. How do you... how do you take care of yourself? Do you ever get to a point, come out where no, seriously, where you're just I know, exhausted? and I'm laughing because I don't do yeah. a, I don't do oh, a great okay. job of it. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Not because the questions are I'm like, I should start taking care of myself. I mean, these are again, these are conversations me and my wife have all the time where she's starting like, we need to carve out time in your schedule. You need to take more breaks. You need to go on vacation by yourself. Like she's like, you need to get away. And I'm always like, okay, but let me do one more thing before I do that. Let me get one more thing. Cause I am aware. That my time in the spotlight is is limited by nature of the fact of how this business works. As me and my friend, my best friend Jason said in high school, strike while the iron is lukewarm. You can't always wait for the iron to heat up. Ooh, and so the good. idea being that I get that sometimes my career is in a moment where I just need to make the most out of what I have because there's so much more is at stake than me in my career. It's actually, and I feel like that this is the, you know, the least I can do with being a black person with a platform is to regularly be engaged in anti-racism work. So last couple of weeks ago, I was on CNN promoting United Shades. 
And at the same time, I wore a shirt that said, I will aid and abet abortion as a way to let people know I also stand on this platform too. I wore a shirt that on CNN while I was promoting United Shades that from the ACLU that said trans people belong as a way to understand I'm also down for this too. I feel like I have to multi multitask my uh my fights against oppression. So the idea being like I so I can always do a better job of taking care of myself. I need to prioritize that. I need to take those walks I'm talking about. I got a Peloton over here that is basically a coat hanger. So I'm always trying to engage in ways to take better care of myself. But it's just, I you know, you think about Martin Luther King Jr. And just the fact that yep. if you look at pictures of him, he looked like he was 60 years old. And he was, he was in his 30s. He died at 39. And he looked like, you can see literally the weight of what he's doing weigh on him. You can, same thing with Malcolm X. It's like, you can see the weight of this work, but... Who am I to complain? Because I'm in a way more privileged position than those two. No, and you know, and and that is fair. But there is something. There is actually a real term for it, and it's called weathering. Right? It is mm-hmm. the weathering that happens on Black bodies, both emotionally, physically, and spiritually, in all of the avenues that we carry. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important, even though yes, you come from a place of privilege and you have an amazing platform that you're using. By virtue of you doing things that take care of you, it gives other people around you permission to do the same. So, you, 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 my wife will be like, she, <laughs> she, if, when she hears it, she'll be doing this. She'll be doing the snaps. Like, I try to tell him that. <laughs> so, so I want to say thank you for doing the work right here with me. I, I, I appreciate that. Wonderful. Um. So, what? Last question for you. What are your hopes? Um. What are your hopes with this book? Um. With your continued work with United Shades you know, the hope of where we get to next. You know, I think it's, I mean, I think I feel like when I think about my career, I think about like musicians I'm fans of, like, you know, when Public Enemy wrote Fight the Power, they didn't want you to stop fighting the power when the song ended. They wanted you to continue to fight the power. So for me, this book is just a way to sort of learn how to engage in this work. So my hope is that if you read the work and you do the work and you fill out all the forms and and dot all the T's and learn all the things, that you understand that once the book is done, that you're still doing the work, that becoming an anti-racist becomes a regular part of your life. At the very least, I just hope it makes your conversations about racism and white supremacy smarter and not and more and better informed. So that when people say things that are ridiculous about critical race theory, you're able to be like, no, 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 that's not actually what you're talking about. You're not, that's not correct what you're saying. W. Kamau Bell, thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for writing this book and doing the the work that black the rest of us are too fucking tired to do. And and, um, and shouldn't have to do because you got other things to do. And shouldn't have to do, but genuinely appreciate you and your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hey there. I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. 
Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for the Garbage Person of the Week and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF as always. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.